much. Myself and Paul are here to do a duet of news <laughs> to him. How's everyone doing? Good. Thank you so much for uh, for coming down to see us. I have I've never recorded a live podcast, so let's hope this goes well. Um, my guest today is the the brilliant Paul O'Connell, um, who I know from a former life where my fella used to play rugby as well. So it, this is uh, this is surreal to sit and chat with you in totally different terms, not where we're used to. Uh, so you're very welcome, Paul. Let me introduce you properly. Hang on now. So welcome back to Aldi's Mummy and Me series podcast. Today I'm chatting with Paul O'Connell, who's considered one of the greatest second rows in world rugby. During his wildly successful career, he captained Munster, Ireland and the British and Irish Lions. Played as part part of the 2009 Grand Slam team. And led Ireland to win the Six Nations title in 2015. Since retiring, he's worked as a rugby mentor and coach as an advocate on campaigns with Bernardo's, and as dad, he's a dad to kids, Paddy, Lola, and Felix. Welcome, Paul O'Connell. Thank you very much. Thanks. This is only my second time at Electric Picnic. Um, Yeah, I'm not good at concerts or festivals, but I'll tell once just a story about my first time at Electric Picnic. Uh, I was actually here doing a, a, a rival podcast uh, and uh, we had, gr- had a really nice day, but uh, we were walking around and Jerry Flannery was here, former Munster player, and Barry Murphy was here, uh, former Munster players as well. But we were over getting food at one of the food stalls. And um, I hope this, this story kind of isn't appropriate for some of the kids. But, yeah, I'm uh, worried just about some of my stories. So yeah, we'll give so, up. <laughs> but this Go guy on. came along with three or four of his mates. I didn't see them. Um, and unbelievable execution but they stuck a dildo to my forehead <laughs> and it's it stuck on and stayed there and I, I didn't know what was going on until it kind of it was a large dildo and it it kind of flopped down in front of my face and uh, I didn't get that angry because I was conscious but I, I took it off and I threw it over a fence <laughs> so that they couldn't do it to people for the rest of the day but uh Jerry Flannery and Barry Murphy, I have never seen two people more excited or happier with the whole thing and how it all uh, and how it all panned out. So I'm actually scarred from that. And then <laughs> I have no, I, I will not, I promise I will not do that. Yeah, to you Barry, today. Barry Murphy then has a podcast and went on and told everyone about it. And I'm after telling everyone now again. I love it. I think your listenership <laughs> is bigger. So. That was my last experience of Electric Picnic. I'm so glad you set the tone because. I was like, will I tell this story? But it, when I think of you, I think of so many things. I think of all the achievements, all your, your rugby accolades, all the, like, that shared kind of history, I guess, that I've been through with as well, with all the rugby stories. But sometimes when I think of you, I think of your dad in a lift in Wales. And it brings me so much joy because it was one of those moments that was just so gloriously timed and executed. It was before one of the big, big matches, Ireland-Wales, and we were all filing down to watch the game. And like, it's almost tribal in Wales, isn't it? When people come down from the valleys in like red, in red, in all their red, and the girls were out in red hot pants, red gear. And it was like, it, there was such a sense of, it was just electric in the air. Anyway, loads of us wedged into the lift in the hotel before we left. I'd say there was about 35 of us wedged into a lift. And your dad's pretty tall as well. Yeah. And I was standing on one side of him. And every, you know, lifts are awkward anyway. And you're all in there and it's real like, well, there it is now. And everyone is stuck in. And this girl came in and she 
was ready for the day. She was in red hot pants, red jersey, and like wedged up against your dad. <laughs> and your dad was so lovely. He was just trying to make com- conversation. So the doors, the doors closed. And um, he, it was kind of, you know, when you're just too close to someone. And she was there and he was there. And he was like, are you, are you here for the match? <laughs> and she looked at him when no one else was talking in the lift and went, I'm here for the rugby and for the sex. <laughs> and I was like, this is amazing. And no one spoke again for about another minute. And you know, and you're like, has, any, has anyone pressed the button? <laughs> so that's what I think of when I think of you. <laughs> um, Paul, I have to ask you, because my fella's in a similar position. You're, I, saw, I was doing some market research there. You're still getting stopped by young kids. Is it the young kids or the, or the dads? Oh, the young kids <laughs> haven't a clue who I am. It's the dads. It's the, the, the dads are getting older now as well, you know. I know, so, they can barely remember. The young kids getting pushed in for the photo and they don't want, it, they don't want to be in the photo. this clown? Yeah, they don't want to be in the photo and... Uh, Ah, oh, but look, it's a. It's I have a bit to tell fun. you another story that I got permission. I was like, Brian, ask Johnny if it's okay for me to tell this story, and then we'll get on with things. But uh, the, so Brian had that recently. Um, he doesn't come out great in this. <laughs> but um, it was Johnny's hundredth cap. Was that was that last year? Last summer against Japan. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, exactly what I thought. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Brian is like, please don't talk rugby with him. <laughs> Oh, he won't be. Um, so it was against Japan, yep. And uh, anyway, I met, I met Johnny one of the days. And, um, Last November against Japan. That's what, that's what confused me. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> anyway, so I was, I was at, at bringing my little kids to sport in the morning. And I was, I don't know, I was hungover and emotional this day. And Johnny just came over and showed me this video that made me laugh so much. Uh, he was he was getting his cap and he didn't realise that his little boy was going to come out and present him with the jersey and there was loads of people there and Brian was there. Were you there? Yes, I was, yeah. I, okay. I coached the team. And, so. oh, <laughs> Not... <laughs> For this moment, the moment with the jersey, yes. I took, I, you were there. I had a month's leave at the time, so I wasn't there. <laughs> I was wrecked. I just said, guys, I'm going to take a break. But it was, the, it was when uh, his little fellow was about to pre- present him with the jersey and he was looking out from behind the... So he was obviously... You were there. And he was looking at all the players and um, he was like, oh, there... This is Johnny's little fellow. And he was like, oh, there's Rory Best. Yeah, there's Rory. Oh, this is really exciting. He was looking at the faces. <laughs> he turns around. It was Vinny who was recording it. And he was like, is that Driscoll? And <laughs> Vinny was like, Who? is that Driscoll? And Vinny was like, oh, Brian O'Driscoll. And he was like, yeah. And, uh, and Vinny said, yeah. And uh, Johnny's little fella said, I thought he was a golfer. So, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I said, is, will you ask Johnny if it's okay to tell that? And he, Johnny got back saying, um, I can send the video footage if you want. The more people that know this, the, the better. <laughs> anyway, that was... I'm glad that everyone still knows who you are. You see, you're still involved. You're still involved in rugby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. Indeed. Yes. <laughs> no, Paul, listen, you're so, you're so uh, welcome here. And we're obviously not going to talk anymore about rugby because I will embarrass myself. But um, you're very welcome. And we're here to talk about life, your life now, your life as, as a parent, your experience as a parent. Um, was there any births in the middle of matches or Six Nations-y times? No. Did you have any kids? Oh, that no, was well-timed. No. I, I had uh, none of that. We, I, we'd have, 
brilliant uh, gynecologist, Kathy Casey is her name, who's a big Monster fan. And uh, <laughs> I remember coming in when we were having our when we were having our first baby, and uh, she said she barely even. No, she was amazing with Emily, but when it came to the time for the baby, she said, okay, because I think we were playing Saracen, she said, when's the Saracen's match? Uh, Saturday. Okay, well, we'll try and do it Monday then, because then you'll be over everything and you'll be fine and you'll be back and you'll be able to play the game. And uh, that's true. Our first baby was planned around making sure I could not, not just play the game, but making sure I was available for training and everything for an upcoming Monster match. So, that is uh, I feel like we did not... We, we didn't do go that route <laughs> because um, my daughter was born in the middle of the match, I guess, literally. Uh, and everyone kept saying, uh, I met everyone going, you better not go into labour the day England play Ireland. And I was like, what are the chances? Turns out, very high. Uh, woke up that morning. And again, in a very Irish way, I probably wouldn't do it now. I was like, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> it's happening. Um, and I rang my doctor. I was like, I know you're going to the game. That was my first thing. I know you have plans. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, anyway, she was, she was born. And then Brian left. At this, it was such a lovely moment. He came down from camp in his full kit. And then she was born. And we had this moment. Go, and he goes, what will I do? And I was like... I think he should play. And he was like, I will. And he went and played and you guys lost. So could you not have... There you we not go. Have he shouldn't have played. Bad advice. Was he not great? <laughs> <laughs> I can't... I can't what, which game was that? Was that it 2015? Was two, what year was it? No, 2013. Um, 2013. It was a rainy Sunday... And then he had literally just become a dad about 40 seconds beforehand and then went and played an oh, international. Go away, go away, go and it was just, I love the geography of it. And it's so Dublin. It's really like, I'll leg it down from the Shelburne and leg it to Hollis Street and then leg it to play the game. It was just like, it's, it was Fair bizarre. Point, but school. anyway, he said it was the only, t the only match where the final whistle went and you lost. And he went, eh. Yeah. <laughs> just, and he went off. <laughs> but anyway, um, how would you describe yourself as a dad? Oh, uh, yeah, I, I was trying to answer those questions for the last few days because I knew I'd get asked something like that. I, I don't really know. I, 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 That's the end of the podcast. Thanks, thanks I, for coming. I, I'll tell you, I, I, you know, I grew up loving, loving sports and I love sports mainly because my dad loves sports. And some of my best memories are being at matches or watching TV with my dad, watching games with my dad. I mean... My biggest strength as a rugby player was that I was competitive and it 100% comes from my dad. I mean, my dad can watch a rugby match or a soccer match, even, you know, soccer, there might be soccer on Sky. Peterborough might be playing Wickham Wanderers and he's from Cork. And if there's a left back playing for Cork or, or someone, a manager or a coach from Cork involved in one, he would watch that game like Ireland are playing and support one of the teams like Ireland are playing. I mean... I just remember watching sport with him growing up and absolutely loving how much of a life or death situation he used to make every match it's into. Amazing. And I mean, I, one of my favorite, watching the Ryder Cup, I remember every time an American took a putt and it went past the hole, he'd be just shouting, keep rolling at the TV. Um, and all my upbringing and, and a lot of the lessons I would have learned growing up would have been through sports with dad, uh, you know, sports out the back garden with my brothers, uh, the neighbours. So I, I like that the, my kids now, they play a lot of sports. They're not that serious about any of them, but they play an awful lot of sports. 
Um, and that's where we probably interact with each other the most is playing playing games together, traveling to trainings, traveling to matches, yeah. coming home from games, talking about the game and what happened. And um, so that that's one of the big things I, I love. And I think it's funny, you know, there's a big parenting and coaching. Does that does that I think there's a crossover in that, you know, you're Declan Kidney was a good coach that I had when I was young, but we used to argue a lot because, you know, with Munster Ireland, you wanted to win immediately. You know, you wanted everything to be right straight away. And Decky had brilliant, brilliant patience with us as a group of players and as a group of people. And, you know, we'd be messing up and make mistakes all the time. And only when I look back now, I realize how patient he was with us and how good he was with us. And that's what you have to be as a parent, I suppose, isn't it? Realize that... It is unbelievably hard and it'll be one of my patience to be one of my weaknesses, weaknesses, but Rome wasn't built in a day, you know, and, and it, like the manners thing is, I know, I always remember Brian was big. Oh into, my God, he's about to say, he's have obsessed, you guys been obsessed, obsessed, with, obsessed with, manners. with manners? You could do anything you want with Brian, but if you said please and thank you, 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 you get away with it. But <laughs> yeah. uh, but like even the thing with manners, our oldest guy is, is brilliant, but our last guy... You know, Are you he's given four up at now. That stage, Come yeah, on, yeah. The youngest. He's, he's, but like, the please and thank you thing is the biggest learning curve. It's just you just have to keep hitting them over the head with it until one day they say it unprompted, and it's like yeah. it's the best day ever. So, I think that patience piece is important. And for me, sports is, is such a part, big part of growing up uh, for us. And 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 I think there's so many learnings for kids in sports. You know, not getting picked yes. on the team, getting picked on the team, winning gracefully, losing gracefully. Yeah. You know, bus journeys together, training, the commitment, trying not to miss training, trying to be on time for training. All, all those, there's, a, there's an amazing amount for kids in sports, I feel. And um, and that was my memory of growing up. And my kids are going through something similar now at the moment. See, I never got picked, which was a great foundation as an actor, to be an actor. I was like, oh, this is just life as an actress when you're older. So that was, that sport was very, was a great foundation for me too. I was like, anyway, I was never good. The only legacy I have is I came third in the sack race in fourth class. And then I retired. <laughs> but is it hard to let go of that competitiveness? Because I do think... It's such a brilliant thing to have. I don't, I don't, think, I don't have it in relation to sports. So, I think I, I, I still veer to the nah. It'll be grand if it's raining. Whereas Brian is like, he, he doesn't speak that language. It's like, go, go, and you know, you, you win, you lose, you're learning. You've the all the obstacles that put it puts in front of you. Like he, it, it, he just thinks differently to me on that. Yeah, I think my competitiveness has mellowed definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, I would be. You know, I, I think we were really, really tough on each other in the early days as a as a as a team. Um, you know, Roy Keane for a lot of the Munster lads anyway, before and and for everyone before Saipan, but for all the Munster lads, Roy Keane was our hero. You know, yeah. he was from Cork. He used to come to a few of our games yes. now and again. He would have come to us. I remember before we played Sale one time, he came to us to give us a, a talk as a Munster team. And it was incredible. But we had a thing on a Friday night that we were allowed to eat pizza before the game. Um, Dick and Kidney used to have a saying, sometimes a little bit of what's bad for you is good for you. So we were allowed to have pizza <laughs> on a Friday night before a game because we were carbo But I remember Roy Keane was at peak Roy Keane at this stage. You know, he wasn't eating red meat and his body fat was 6% and he was he didn't drink and he was 
everything was about winning. And I remember midway through his talk in, in, in before the Sale Munster game, a guy walked in with like 30 Domino's pizzas boxes. <laughs> and we all literally handed them out while he was talking and sat there eating pizza while he was talking. But, but we were all big into Roy Keane. And Roy Keane was all about, you know, massive high standards. And, you, you know, you absolutely... You don't get anything, let anything get in the way of winning and you hold each other to an unbelievably high standard. And we, we copied that. But one of the reasons we could do it with each other was we were very good friends. Yeah. So we could be really, really tough on one another, like speak to each other really harshly. And because we had such trust, it, it didn't really, it was water off a duck's back and it was only what was best for the team. But I, I think is, you know, I, I think one of the biggest things that, 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 that I've learned from coaching is is if if they're not getting it right it's to blame yourself you know you you have to help him figure out how to get it right he's trying his heart out to get it right so and I think it's maybe the same as a parent you know when they they're a reflection of you they're copying all your stuff they're copying uh, what they see you're doing terrifies me I know I know know, you know know that thing because there'll always be a thing of going (laughs) I do this because my mother, and I'm like, what is what is the thing? What is the thing that they will hold me accountable to? Well, there's probably a million things. Who, what, who am I fooling? There'll be plenty. And, and it's hard. I always say this because you don't go into, you know, you don't start out before you have kids, like as a perfect person with everything sorted out. So you're like, it's, it's so impossible, yeah. you know, to, to, to go in knowing, yeah, you know, being perfect. When I, when I get angry or not angry, but when I get a bit frustrated, like I chew my hand like this. Do you? <laughs> just a nibble but uh, my seven year old daughter has started doing oh, it now like, and I look at her and I go oh my god I that know. is uh, that's all me I know I know ruining her I know <laughs> slowly ruining but it's funny that you can already you could already see that but do, do you what, what traits do you think you get for, can you see what you got from your parents at this stage um, well yeah, well, my, my dad loses his keys three times a week, his car keys. And uh, I was up in the house because I work <laughs> from his house. He's a nice office and I go up and I work from there and I we get to have a cup of tea or lunch That's together nice. or whatever. But uh, he loses his keys, I'd say, three times a week and I'm down helping him find his keys. <laughs> and then the other four days a week, I lose my keys. So <laughs> I get that for him, from him. Um, useless at DIY, I get that from him. But... But the competitiveness is definitely from him and the, and the love of sports. My mom uh, had her own business, a bookkeeping business, and she, you know, used to do all the lunches, then go to her business for the day, collect us from school, bring us home, cook all the dinners, get us to all our sports. She was amazing. She had an unbelievable work ethic, never, ever, ever complained, always just got on with things. And I wouldn't, I don't think I have her... I would have her work ethic in some things, but I would definitely, I don't, I just get on with things, you know. When things go wrong, I'd be good enough to just get on with it and, and not dwell on the past too much. And uh, I think that's what she did really well. She was just kind of a, she's great crack, unbelievable hard worker, but she just gets on with things, never yeah. ever complains about anything. Um, and uh, I, th- I hope I have a bit of a bit of that from I, her. I, I think. Well, that, that that reminds me of of Brian. I think that that is probably the nature of what you did as well. That so much of it, you you had to get on with it. I have a question for you. Do you get man flu? You probably don't because you did get on with so many injuries and broken bones and broken legs. Yeah, I like don't get Bri- sick that do, much. Do you not no. get sick? I have a, I have this thing where you know when it goes, oh man, and man flu. I'm like. Uh, 
I think it's the opposite with you guys. I sometimes have to oh, like over, say how unwell I am because I, Brian, I don't know when Brian is unwell. He's like, oh, last week I was dying. I was like, I never knew. Yeah, I think. Like it's, I think you're so used to just your mentality is like, you know, just get get you're, you're get playing, on. You're fine. You're, you're playing injured a lot. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. You're playing injured a lot in rugby, and you're playing probably you know even sick a lot. A lot of the time, you're, you know, athletes are probably very very healthy but we're also very susceptible to illness because you know you're training so hard at yeah. the time your immune system is down quite a lot but yeah you get used to just getting on with it i think bernardo's is going back to school with aldi if you're aged 4 to 16 you can enter the best part of summer art competition to be in with a chance to win a 1000 euro art bursary for your school for more information visit bernardo's.ie forward slash aldi and show us your artwork when you were playing when the kids were born, was that really hard when you, because I know that rest is such a huge part of your job as well. Like you have to rest or else you're not going to have the physical ability to play. Was that hard to go, I, I know the baby's four seconds old, but I need to go to bed. Yeah, no, Emily was incredible that way. <laughs> and um, if there was a match, I, I, I always, if, if I wanted to get a, a good night's sleep, I'd always get a good yeah, night's yeah, yeah, sleep yeah, yeah. and there'd be no recriminations for it. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, you just had to pick and choose your days. There were some days you were going into training tired or whatever because yeah. you didn't sleep. But that was it was our choice to have uh, to have kids. So, um, <laughs> But it, it, for me, it was brilliant because I definitely struggled. I, I went through a period. I, I loved rugby, loved playing for Munster, loved playing for Ireland, loved every bit of it. The training, the meetings, the arguments, the, the planning. The matches, I loved it, but I definitely struggled to enjoy it because I, I started taking it so seriously. You know, it just became this life or death thing. And I think when the kids came along, it just it just changed. And I know it's really, really cliche, you know, that people say about kids the next day and they don't care. They genuinely don't care. No. And you realize it actually, it doesn't matter whether you win or, 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 or lose. It, 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 it 100% matters. And I know this is cliche. It 100% matters how hard you try yeah. and that, that you give it your best and that you make the people around you, try and make the people around you better and enjoy it and make them feel good. That 100% matters. But the winning and losing generally, if you can get the first part right, you have a good chance of being there, thereabouts. And uh, and I think definitely I, I was able to enjoy the game more once with kids because I it just gave me a, a grip of reality, you know. Does that give you perspective that you pass on to them with them in, in sports and how they enjoy it then as well? Yeah, yeah. I'd just be, I'd be eager for them to to really, really enjoy sports because it's when it becomes when it becomes about winning and losing, it becomes hard to enjoy. I think the competitiveness is really important for them, but if it becomes too much about winning and losing, and they learn that from adults, like you know, yeah. if it becomes too much about winning and losing, it becomes hard to enjoy, and. Uh, and yeah, I'd be definitely trying to pass that on to them, that that training, not missing training, giving it your best, enjoying it, making other people around you feel good, encouraging other people, leading, trying to lead a little bit. Those are all the good bits they should be getting out of sports more than the winning and losing. Do you, are, is, there, is there huge pressure as a pitch side dad? Does everyone expect you to have all the answers? <laughs> I don't think so. That, uh, <laughs> I coach an under-12s team and... Uh, you see, Limerick is funny because I've been there so long. You you kind of get to know everyone, and and like you know, even 
around the kids that the GA club, the rugby club, the soccer club, or golf, or whatever sport it is, you've you've been knocking around so long that uh, I I think it's I I think it's all pretty normal. It might be different. It might be different for Brian. I don't know, but I don't ever feel that. Anyone is expecting is miracles no, and he doesn't. Me. I did laugh, though, at our kids' sports day this year when there was the parents' race and he came second in the dad's race and the video went around the WhatsApp groups for a long time. And the guy who won was loving that glory. Yeah, well, if it was longer than 15 metres, Brian is in trouble because <laughs> he's quick off the mark, but he couldn't hold it for long distances. Because <laughs> of my hamstrings. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what what were you like as a kid, Paul? Like, what was your chi- what was your childhood like? Like, do you look at your your own kids now? I, I I often find that weird. Like, I I loved being a kid, and I yeah. I guess I was I I was lucky that we were in a house that kind of fostered play, and that I really enjoyed hanging out with my siblings, um, and just being like you know sent out onto the road and playing with the neighbors. I loved that, and I just I just I guess all you want for your kids is to have a I just enjoy the play of childhood. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I I did amazing childhood. I, I did. <laughs> I did. Uh, I, I do a little bit of work with Bernardos, you know. And one of the reasons I like working with them is, you know, I, I grew up in a bungalow in the country and, and a half acre. Um, you know, I had a mom and dad that both worked. I had two older brothers. Um, you know, we we. My mom was. Every meal was home cooked. Every single thing, you know, we 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 never ate out. It's it was such a treat to eat out. But like we, the best of food, you know, the best of lunches going to school. We were forced to eat our food. We were we were brought to school. We were brought home. We were made do our homework. We yeah. any sport we wanted to play, she'd figure it out. Yeah. She'd get us there. Uh, my mom, my dad. Um, you know, I used to swim a lot. There was a lot of galas. You're traveling all over the country. Um, you know, we had a basketball ring out the front. We played. I, I can't, some of the games we played are, are some of my happiest memories. We had a big thing of tarmacadam out the front of my house, and we used to play a game called roof tennis, um, where you'd hit the ball up onto the roof, and the slates would knock it one way or the other, and the other guy would have to run. Unbelievable game. We used to play putting on the hall. We used to have that was my favorite game. We used to have like start in the in the in the glass house, which is our conservatory, you'd have to come through the kitchen and the, the roll of the ball on the line would decide what score you get. And then you were down the hall and it was just nonstop sports and, um, uh, you know, loads of love and care and attention. And you'd think that's a normal childhood, but it's it's actually not, you know, for a lot of, for a lot of kids, it's not. And that's the thing with Bernardo's. I mean, I remember one of the biggest things that hit me when I remember my first time meeting Fergus Finley he was saying that some people have no some kids have no adult mentor at all in their lives you know not their parents they don't play sports so they don't meet other parents that can that are coaching sports that 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 can look out for them and see what's up or they don't go to school so there isn't a teacher that that can keep an eye on them and uh, so so I had this amazing childhood and, and I thought it was normal, but it, but it wasn't. It was, it was, it was amazing. It was a gift. And, um, and, uh, I, I still look, luckily both my parents are still alive today and they're take my kids all the time and, That's you know, to be doing all the same stuff that they did with me with them. Aww. So, so yeah, I had a very nice childhood and sports, nonstop sports. Were you bold? 
I wasn't at all. <laughs> I was a nerd. What was the my, worst thing you did? The most rebellious thing you ever did? Uh, I, I was actually trying to think. I was trying to, I, I was trying <laughs> no. to think of it. My, see, I was the youngest of three, and the guy that was a year and nine months older than me, Marcus, he, he was unbelievably rebellious. And, uh, you know, he's probably the straightest of us all now, but uh, he was great crack. I was trying to think today, what was the most rebellious thing I did? Very, very little. I, I actually can't think I of anything. I didn't do much Amy. either. I, didn't, I, was, I, I was very, very straight. I, My parents so trusted me <laughs> unbelievably. I mean, um, and, and I, I don't know why, but uh, I think after Marcus, they were just so, they were just, they, 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 there was nothing I could throw at them that would cause them any problems. <laughs> That's what you need ahead of you. Someone who's going to have done everything already and you're like, I don't know what's left. But you had a happy, you had a, a, a good, happy childhood and that's so lovely to instill then in your own kids. So tell us about the work you do with Bernardo's then. Well, I suppose I just help Bernardo's yeah. ra- raise their profile and, yeah. and, and help them raise money. I mean, uh, the first thing I ever did to, with, with Bernardo's was with Fergus Finlay. He was the old CEO and he yeah. brought, brought me to a breakfast club in Bernardo's and... I, I know people have heard me speak about this before, but, you know, it, it just makes sense to me. You know, some kids, they were explaining to me, some kids go to school, they don't have any breakfast. So I know what I'm like as a pretty well-adjusted person. I know what I'm like when I'm hungry. I'm difficult. Like Emily, plan, you, when, when I was playing rugby, she used to plan all our holidays around food, whether we, where we would get food, would it be healthy, you know, all that kind of stuff. But... If you imagine you're a kid with the potential to already be disruptive and you go into school hungry with yeah. no food, you know, you, your chances of learning and the rest of the class's chances of learning are diminished. So Bernardo's do a thing called breakfast clubs where they bring kids in, they give them their breakfast. If their mom and dads want some breakfast, they can come in. If their mom and dads want to come in and help make the breakfasts, they can come in. Um, you know, if a kid comes in who's who's a real you know, happy chappy who, who who has, you know, is a little bit cheeky and he comes in three days in a row and doesn't say a word. They know there's something up with him and they're able to kind of flag it with a counsellor in the school. Um, and that's just one thing they do. You know, they, they have after school clubs for kids who are in, in homes where they just can't do homework. Yeah. It's not possible to do homework in the house. So they, they, and then they get college kids to come to help the kids with their homework. Um, they have, they have creches for, 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 for people. Um, you know, cause there's a lot of parents out there who didn't have the upbringing that, that maybe we had, that, that didn't have the example that we had, but they know they can do better and they want to do better and they want somewhere that they can learn to do better. And, and Bernardo's is, is brilliant for that. So um, so it just resonates with me, you yeah, know. And a lovely way to give me, back so. as well. Yeah. How would you describe yourself as a parent versus how your partner would describe yourself as a parent? I'd describe myself <laughs> as laid back. Okay. Uh, but I don't think Emily would. Okay. Uh, I would be... You know, I think one of the questions you were going to ask me when we were when we did our three minutes of prep outside there was you were going to say my my biggest parenting fail. You know, we. What is your biggest parenting? Well, fail? we go. We, we were down in Lahinch, and actually, one of your friends was involved in this. We were down in Lahinch. Oh, I know and who it people is. People do different things. You know, they take the kids away and give you a break, and you might get to go for a walk or a hike or you go for a pint or something, but. I took all the kids to the fun fair one day. Uh, I have a seven-seater, so I was able to pile a load of kids into the back and brought them all to the fun fair. And uh, there was, a, you know, one of these... The, the, the fun fair to me is, is, is fun because 
it feels like everything is about to break at any minute. Not yes. that the rides are really scary, <laughs> but there was this thing called a wall of death. And, you know, where they just sit in and it keeps going around in a circle like that. And they're all about maybe 10 or 11. And uh, so they went on it once. It was pretty scary. They all went on it again straight away the next time. And then the third time they went on it, I was, think I might have been on my phone while they were on it. I wasn't really paying attention. And uh, I remember one of them looking at me, shaking his head like that, going uh, like he, he was feeling sick. And I was like, you'll be grand, you'll be grand. And uh, eventually he vomited. And because it was going around in a circle, the, the vomit hit the rest of the kids. And the smell of the vomit then oh, yeah. made the rest of oh, the kids gone. vomit. Oh, no. And, uh, and the ride had to be cancelled for the day while it got washed. And I had to bring the kids home and we had to open every window in the car because they were all covered. And I just had to drop all these kids oh, off gosh. at various houses covered in fun. But Emily would have been, listen, we'll go on the ride and then we'll go and we'll watch a few of them for a little while and then we'll pick another one where I was like, just go for it. And uh, so that'd be my that'd be my fail. I wouldn't be Oh, bless. I could just uh, imagine all of you in that car just with the windows down and no one yeah. talking on the way home. But listen, home. it's one of their best memories. Now. Yeah, exactly. They, will never they talk about it every year when the fun fair comes. So. <laughs> are you easy on each other if you feel like you are, you're, you're not kind of, nothing is full you know those times where you feel like you're winning at parenting and the times where you really feel you're failing like are you good at kind of digging each other out I think the, lo- the more kids you have the longer it goes on you're just you just we're, we're all going to fail at, you know daily yeah I'd say yeah I think we I think we are I mean it's it's tough on Emily because we go away so we were you know we were just I was in New Zealand for four yeah. and a half weeks and and she has them on, on their own you know yeah. and it's I think it's it's easy when it's two of you. It's easier because you know you can split the resources, but you can also, you know, when you lose the plot, you can just say to the other, "You were dead right to lose the plot there. You were, he deserved every bit of that." You know. Whereas I think when you lose the plot with them on your own, you kind of you feel bad. Oh, you know? so you feel bad. like you're failing a bit. But um, so it's tough on Emily because we go away for long periods, yeah. and while while we work hard, you know. You've had all conversation, and you're, yeah. you know, you're watching matches, you're coaching, you're, you're doing something you love. So, it it definitely is, it definitely is tough when I'm away. Has 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 your outlook on things changed post COVID stuff? Like post kind of lockdown things, did anything change, or are you just delighted it's over? I, I have a lot more respect for teachers. I mean, yeah. I, I thought did you? I, I'll sit down here. I yeah. knocked this out of the I'll park. I'm a professional coach. <laughs> I can, this would be a walk in the park. And uh, we, 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 we just abandoned it because. So same. Like just to, you know, I, I, I'll never forget for my life, uh, the reading, you know, you know, a word like and, A and D, you know, and it features seven times on the page. Like, and, and, but like, <laughs> but they're still going. At, and, I know, I know, I know. But no. like, you're there. <laughs> It's the seventh time it's come on the page. Like, how could how can you not look at it? But so I, I've massive respect for pe- teachers. Uh, like it was it was it was so hard. The it whole was so story. hard. And it I was, was so like, hard. I, I was kind of saying to Emily, I'll do. Listen, leave the homeschooling to me. I'll do it. There'll be no problems. And after about two weeks, it was she actually had to take it off me. You know. It's so frustrating. Just the frustration. Oh my god! But also, like 
like nothing in, you know, there's so much repetition in school. That's the thing. I remember talking to one of the teachers going, I can't do this. I can't do this. And it's broken up with the play and all of that stuff is so formative. And it is repetition, repetition. But you're trying to like, you know, squish it into half an hour to get it done quicker. Yeah. So then your frustrations come out. But when I had the baby, I was like, I live upstairs now. But goodbye. You're up to- <laughs> I live up here. It was like this weird like horror film where I was just kind of like locked myself in the attic. It, that was that was incredibly hard. But does your outlook on stuff, I feel, I definitely feel like I'm just a little bit more meh, who cares, you know, yeah. you're just so grateful for freedom and school and yeah. teachers that it's just, I don't know, I just, I, I just, you just, that all these stages are so fleeting. Do you feel like parenthood is getting easier or more difficult? Um, uh, we have, our last guy started school now during the oh week, so we're, we're kind of going through, and we said it last week, you know, we got to we got to start enjoying these little moments yeah. because, you know, you, you kind of think it's going to, you know, we'll have, we'll have another one of those, but, but, but we won't, I like, know, you know. And know. Uh, so we're trying to enjoy it a little bit. Jess, Jessica O'Gara, Roger's wife, um, had a, was telling us during the summer that they, they were saying in France that you can't get any logic out of a child until they're seven. So you just... You just Go with it. You just go with it until they're seven. And uh, I have actually adapted that now with oh. our four-year-old and we have a much better relationship. So, you know, instead of There's telling less him... hand-chewing. Yeah, instead of telling him he can't have sweets, I'll get him sweets and give him half the bag. Or it, It's negotiation. And uh, she, that's... Like, her kids are amazing kids and she's a very... She's a lot very, of children as she, well. Yeah, she's five of them running around and she's very laid back. She's... In terms of coaching, I'd say we myself and Rhoda look at Raj were slagging her that she's she's comfortable in chaos. That's wow. That Stuart Lancaster's coaching style is comfortable in chaos, trying to get players comfortable in chaos. And that's what Jessica O'Gara is. Yeah. It's just she's just so comfortable in chaos when the kids are all over the place. She just stays calm and uh It's a beautiful way to great. be described. Yeah. That no yeah, one described yeah, yeah, me yeah. ever. <laughs> Imagine, oh, that's me. All right, comfortable in chaos. <laughs> Actually, that's the training time I think of Jess is just that, and even with the matches, it was all like, ah, yeah, it'll be grand. It'll be grand. It'll be grand. She's yeah. so she's such a gorgeous person. Um, what's been your favorite age of the kids so far? Crikey, uh, I, I never had any sisters. You know, I was the youngest uh, of of three boys, and uh, you know, it was just boy stuff, sports fire the dinner down at the table, get it into us back outside. And so we have a girl, I have a girl now, and uh, it's just so very, very different to anything else. You know, we one of the presents I brought her home from New Zealand was um, a sewing kit that's, but it sticks on, you, you have to sew this owl and it sticks onto the top of your pencil and it's a pencil topper or whatever it is. But uh, we spent an hour and a half, two hours sewing yesterday. And, uh, you know, I, I don't have to do that with any of the boys. Yeah. Uh, like Lola plays all the sports, but her favourite is gymnastics yeah. and hip-hop dancing. Nice. And there was none of that in our house growing yeah. up. Yeah. So the girly stuff, I must say, I I, I, I really enjoy because it's, I didn't experience any of it growing up. It's, it's, it's hilarious fun. That is so lovely. I feel I have a bit of that as well because I, I had no sisters. And so I, it, it is a different, yeah, it's a different dynamic and seeing the, yeah, the, the boys and the girls and how much similarity there is. Do you, do you get, do you get dad guilt? You know, the way mum guilt is always spoken about. I do discuss this with male friends and they're like, not as much. 
Like if you go away, if you're going away, do you do you torture yourself? Like, I don't. I it is go, what it is. We've chosen yeah, this job I I that I have. Yeah. We've chosen this job that I have, and I'm lucky in the job. Because I coached in, in Stade Francais for a year in Paris in the club game and it was 40 games in the year and it was, you had a game on Saturday, you had to get up early on Sunday and do video so you're missing a bit of the Sunday morning stuff and and, and then you're into work five o'clock on Tuesday and, and Monday and they were long days. So international rugby coaching, when you're gone, you're gone. You're, yeah. you're away for quite a while. But... When you're home, you're you're home. So yeah. you, I can bring them to school in the morning. I start, you know, whether it's watching games or meetings or whatever it is around nine o'clock. Some days I can manage to collect them from school. I'm around uh, to coach their teams sometimes, uh, to drive places sometimes. So, you know, it, it, it's the job is when I'm away, I'm away. And that's tough and it's very tough on Emily. But when I'm home, I'm I'm pretty much home and I can do, I can do a lot. So, yeah. You know, I think everyone makes sacrifices in their job. Sure. So I think we're pretty lucky. So I don't experience guilt. It is what it is. We've got to get on with it. As my if you would say. could describe, if you could tell younger Paul O'Connell what being a parent would be like, how would you describe it in five words? Five words. Three, if you're tired. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great fun. I, I love it. I love it. And it's challenges you to be a better person I think I'd be bad I, I would be pretty impatient um, and I'm definitely improving because I, I, I think patience works with kids you know yeah. uh, I think the more patient you can be the, if you realise Rome wasn't built in a day um, it works so uh, and, and it's never been a strength of mine as a as a as a person or or as a rugby player patience has never been a strength and I think it influences my coaching a little bit now that People want to get it right, you know. People want to do things right. You just have to be patient with them. Sure, that's lovely. I have to ask you before we go: Are you the, you wrote a cookbook? Do you cook? Do you cook the dinners? I cook regularly enough, not as regularly as I used to when I played. Because okay. when I played, I was trying to eat healthy, healthy all the time. apart from the dominoes. Uh, exactly, yeah. And <laughs> um, but no, Emily does most of the cooking now. In fairness, and um, but I, 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 I'd be good at breakfast. I'd be good at lunch. Not, not so much dinner, but. Um, I love a bit of breakfast. Cereal, love a bit milk. Of breakfast. That's Boom. it. Boom. Done. <laughs> well, this has been uh, such a pleasure, Paul. And I've learned stuff about rugby that I can then p- pretend to pass off in conversation at home. <laughs> but uh, it was such a joy to, to talk to you. And thanks so much for coming in and, and hanging out. And thanks to you guys for sitting here and listening. Thank you. Paul O'Connell. Thank you. everything for new babies and toddlers. No surprises then that our Mamiya range romped home or rompert home with 17 wins at the National Parenting Product Awards, including goals for Mamiya Air System Nappies Size 6 Plus, Mamiya Nappy Sacks and Mamiya Organic Baby Food Range, making Aldi the most awarded retailer at the awards. So for mums and dads everywhere, honestly, we could not be nappier. Aldi, every day amazing.